Mm. You're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Tabitha Zakaria, and today we have Peter Watts in the studio. Welcome, Peter. How are you today? Thank you, Tabitha. I'm very well, and it's great to be here. And Peter's been, is continuing with this series on searching for certainty. So, Peter, how has your week been? It's been a, another busy week. Um, last weekend, we uh, were involved in the Prophetica meetings we've been talking about uh, for a couple of weeks, and that, they, it was great. Um, we had uh, two successful evenings, one at Bella Eve Oval there, um, and uh, one at uh, Elizabeth Street Pier in uh, Hobart. So uh, that, that was a, a, a good event to be a part of. Yeah, I attended the um, the Hobart and fun- Function and Conference Centre one. Mm. Um, that was on Sunday night. On Sunday night, yeah, yeah, it was interesting for sure. Very fascinating, and um, I, I want to know more because um, yeah, there's there's some things you mentioned which you said you're going to reveal in your follow-up program, which you, we are going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, and um, it's something you really want to know. You you want to be part of. Um, so, yeah, what is coming up this weekend, Peter? Okay, so, yes, we... Um, so, Prophetica was a one-off event, a one-day event, essentially, where we had a number of uh, different speakers and different topics uh, to cover. And we're, we're actually uh, launching a series this Friday evening called Is God for Real? And we're starting with uh, apologetics. We're looking at some of the evidence for the existence of God, for the reliability of his word. We um, tackle some of the, the topics such as, um, you know, w- did we evolve or were we created? Um, why is there so much suffering in the world? Those kind of things. And we're going to look at a whole range of different subjects. And uh, it begins Friday night, 7 p.m. at uh, Bellarive Oval. And uh, we're in the sanctuary room there. And uh, people enter via the North Gate. And we will uh, we'll start at 7 p.m. this Friday. So do I need to pay to attend that event or is it a free event? Excellent question. It's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And uh, people can register, but they don't need to. If they go to um, isgodforreal.com.au, uh, you could go to the website and find out a little bit more about the program. But um, people don't need to register. They can just turn up 7 p.m. Friday at Bellarive Oval and uh, it is free to, uh, to enter. I assure you it's an event you don't want to miss. I'm really looking forward to that, but I think I'll probably go to the Hobart Function and Conference Center one because it's closer. Anyway, yeah, um, so yeah, you can head, um, yeah, that is the information and, um, yeah, it would be, it would be a very interesting and there's so much to learn. There's so much to discover. Um, yeah, you don't want to miss that. And just to remind our listeners, um, our studio number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. You can send us your questions, any comments, any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. So, Peter, what did we look at last week? Uh, so, last week we uh, asked the question: Will justice be done? We had talked uh, in previous uh, weeks about the the gospel. We talked about what that was about. Why? Uh, what's the plan of salvation all about? Why did Jesus come? Why do we need saving? And last week we talked about will justice be, be done? And we looked at justice and judgment and uh, what God has uh, planned in order to set the universe uh, right in the end, to, mm. to actually bring justice to the universe in the end. 
Mm-hmm. Very interesting for sure. And what are we getting into today? Okay, so today's topic is entitled Playing by the Rules. You know, mm-hmm. any game that we play, whether it's cricket or football, tennis, golf, whatever it may be, or even a board game, mm-hmm. they all have rules, mm-hmm. right? Without the rules, there is no game. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about God's rules? What about God's laws? We're going to talk about that uh, today in our program. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to be very interesting, and um, I think we're going to also look about look at why we need rules because yes. I I have had some people say um, I I don't follow rules, I just do whatever I want. But really, um, why do we need to have rules mm. in the society? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk all about that. Maybe I'm going to open with an illustration, mm. a story from uh, a news bulletin uh, many years ago, um, back in 1993. Uh, there was a British woman uh, by the name of Sandra Gregory and she had gone to Thailand to uh, work and to holiday there and uh, she was persuaded by somebody she hadn't met for very long to smuggle drugs through uh, Bangkok airport. She was arrested in possession of heroin. She was sentenced to 25 years in jail um, and she, this was actually covered on a, a documentary series called Banged Up Abroad. You can actually find that um, TV show. But um, she was uh, sentenced to 25 years, but she was very remorseful. She was a model prisoner. And after seven years serving a sentence of just seven years, she was given a royal pardon by the king of Thailand. And here's the question. The question is, now that she's received that royal pardon... Hmm. Is she free to smuggle drugs? No, I don't believe so because it's not right. Right, and that's an obvious answer, right? People yeah. people aren't going to think, well, no, you didn't get the royal pardon and therefore you can break the law mm. or you you know, you know can smuggle drugs uh, now. Mm. So, And this is a, a key question because there are people who believe that now we have been forgiven by God, mm-hmm. the royal pardon, yeah. that we can somehow live outside of the law, um, which is an interesting uh, scenario. And so we want to have Mm. a a look at that. We also want to to ask the question, who decides Mm. what is right and what is wrong? Mm, mm. You know, um, is it me or is it the government? Mm. Uh, You know, who decides those things? And Mm. so uh, that's all part of our discussion today. Mm. I'm looking forward to get into that for sure. Yeah, so I'm going to get you to read, Tabitha, Mm -hmm. uh, Proverbs 16.25, if you have that there. Yes, I do. And it reads, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Okay, so sometimes things seem right to people, you know, um, but, but in the end... It, it all ends in death. I mean, we, we've talked and we'll be talking uh, in this, this series mm-hmm. about life after death in one of our episodes. But at the end of the day, we all know that we grow old. Uh, eventually, we all face death. Death is the, the uh, one leveler, I guess, for all of our society in the sense that we, we all know we're heading there. We try to avoid it. We don't want to talk about it. Mm. Um, but God has a way of... Uh, getting us out of the problem of death mm. uh, and there is a resurrection and there is uh, eternal life and God can give us that. Mm. So we want to talk about the law of God today mm. and uh, you know some people say well 
you know, some Christians actually believe. They say, well, God's laws no longer apply or his commandments have been abolished or uh, his commandments are no longer relevant mm. to life uh, today. Or maybe some people might say, well, his commandments are impossible to keep. Yeah, uh, I so, think that is quite common, impossible. Like, yeah, I am human. I'm not perfect. Who, you know, people ask, who doesn't, <laughs> who does not sin? Yeah. How do you, like, how do you live in this kind of society? Like, how do you not lie? How do you not mm-hmm. cheat? How do you not, yeah, you know, so many questions people ask and it's, it really seems impossible to keep the commandments. Yeah, I I would say in our own strength that is true. Mm. Um, but what God is offering us is supernatural um, supernatural influence. Mm. You know, the Bible is full of promises about overcoming victory. Uh, it says that we can be partakers of the divine nature. Mm. And I think in terms of when we were talking about the plan of salvation uh, a little while back, mm. um, God essentially does three things for us. He uh, justifies us by dying on the cross to pay the price for all of our sins. Mm. He then gives us his robe of righteousness, so he gives us the perfect record of Jesus. Mm. And then he also imparts to us the Holy Spirit to empower us Mm. in order to walk in his ways. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think God has done everything he can do Mm. in order to help us uh, to be able to keep his law. Of course, we're we're not saved by keeping his law. We need a savior. We've all broken the law. Mm. No question about that. Mm. But it's very interesting to to think of the idea that God doesn't care whether we obey him or not. Mm. Uh, I think any parent... Um, knows that they want their children to obey them, mm. right? And sometimes their children don't, and, and sometimes we have to help our children to learn obedience. Mm. Um, but I don't think there's any parent who doesn't care whether their children obey them, and why should we think that that's any different with God? Mm. There's a, a passage in Second Timothy mm-hmm. uh, where it talks about uh, a time when people don't want to to hear what God has to say. No, uh, read that out for us. It's Second Timothy four three and four. Sure. Um, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Okay, so it's talking about the last days and it's talking about the fact that people don't want to know maybe what God's will is. And and we have to guard against that because our own uh, human nature Mm -hmm. uh, tends to be selfish. It tends to be, um, you know, towards sin. And we we have to recognize that we, we need God in our life and we need his influence. Okay. We are about to go for a break now and um, we're going to listen to this song called The Perfect Wisdom of Our God by Keith and Christine Getty. He knows the mysteries of the seas, the 
That is the perfect wisdom of our God by Keith and Christine Getty. And you're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM with Peter Watts. And um, just before we went for a break, we were talking about the different rules, if it's, um, if it's okay to obey God's laws. And um, yeah, so where do we get on to now, Peter? Okay, so um, there's a, a verse in uh, Romans 4.15, which is quite interesting, and I'll get you to read that uh, if I can, Tabitha. So Romans 4.15. It reads, um, Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is law, there is no transgression. Where there is no law. Yeah. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. Yeah. So, um, yes, if we don't have law, then you can't break the law. So if there's no law that says you have to drive on the left, yeah. 
then I can drive on the right or the left, mm, mm, you know. Mm. Uh, but that's going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people if I just drive one day on the right and one day on the right. Well, I probably won't make it through the day if I drive on the right. Yeah. So, um, the yeah, where there's no law, there's no transgression. So it's very interesting. If you remove the law, if you say it doesn't matter whether people obey the law or not, mm. then that means you can't break the law. And if you can't break the law, mm-hmm. then you haven't really sinned because the Bible says that sin is the transgression of the law. Mm. Um, now, when we're talking about the law, what, what I want specifically to focus on is the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um, because that's the, the law we're really wanting to talk about. So mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments we find in Exodus chapter mm-hmm. 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, really from verse 1 through 17. So we're going to do a little review of the Ten Commandments now. Okay. Sure. Yep. So... Exodus uh, 20, verses 1 to 3. Notice what it says at the beginning of the chapter. Mm. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. What I find interesting about this, before God gives us the commandment, which is, Mm -hmm. you shall have no other gods before me, Mm. before he says that, Mm. he tells them, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. In in other words, Mm. they were slaves in Egypt, and he has set them free. Mm. So God is saying, before he even gives them the first commandment, I'm the God who set you free. Mm. Therefore, you shall have no other gods before me. In other words, I'm the God who set you free, Mm. and essentially God is saying, I'm the God who set you free. Keep these commandments and you'll remain free. Mm which I think is a, an interesting concept. So God is essentially saying, no, why does God say you shall have no other gods before me? Why, why is he saying that? First of all, mm-hmm. because there are no other real gods. Mm. There are only imaginary gods or gods we make Me. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay, right. so there is only yeah. one God. So any other God that we place before us that isn't God, the God of the Bible, the God of heaven, is actually a false God. Mm. And it's an illusion. It's a deception Mm. sometimes of our own making. So God says, you'll have no other gods before me Mm -hmm. because idolatry simply leads us to um, bondage again. And and God is there, you know, God wants to set us free. Mm. The second commandment is very explicit in terms of uh, images. It says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or is that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Mm. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, mm. but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Mm. So here he's saying... I don't want you to make an image and bow down and worship it. Now, why would God say that? Um, again, if I make something out of metal or clay or wood and worship it, mm-hmm. I'm the one who made it, <laughs> mm. right? Uh, it's a man-made object, mm. and therefore I'm worshipping something that I have made, mm. uh, which makes me the creator. Mm. Uh, and so, And also I think that God knows that whatever we would fashion or or, or shape mm-hmm. would be inadequate to represent his greatness. Mm. Uh, the other thing, of course, is an idol is dead. It mm-hmm. doesn't speak, it doesn't think, it doesn't move, mm-hmm. uh, whereas God is the living God. 
Mm. And so it could only be represented by a living being. Incidentally, by the way, mm. another reason God doesn't want us to make any images to him mm-hmm. is because he already made an image to him. Mm. Back in the Garden of Eden, he made man in his image. Mm. And we are, if you like, advertising for the greatness of God. Yeah. Uh, we're a living being representing the greatest mm. living being. Then we move on to the third commandment. Mm-hmm. It says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Mm. You know, uh, you watch any TV show, any movie, pretty much um, the vast majority of TV programs and movies will take the Lord's name in vain, even people who are reading the news. Um, you can hear it uh, where, where will, people will use God's name as a kind of throwaway comment. And uh, we really uh, should, I remember because I was an atheist, uh, I used to use all kinds of language. But then when I became a believer, I found that people who would use God's name in vain, that would hurt me more than if they were swearing in, in, in some other way. Because when you're talking about God's name, you're talking about my heavenly father. Mm. And it some, becomes something personal to me. So we should respect God's name. Mm. And the fourth commandment is the longest one, actually, in the Ten Commandments, and we'll read it out. Mm-hmm. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant, nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay, here's a long commandment that basically reminds us that God is the creator, and after creation week he created for six days, then he rested on the seventh day, and has given us the pattern of working for six days and resting on the seventh day. We're going to talk more about that in our next episode next week. Um, But God gave us this day of rest called Mm -hmm. the Sabbath. And so the first four commandments are really to do with our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. The next six commandments deal with our relationship to one another. Mm -hmm. So commandment number five says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land the Lord your God is giving you. God wants us to respect Mm. our parents. And I think that is one of the commandments that has a promise. Correct. That's right. There's a a promise connected to that. Mm. Then the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. This is God saying you should have respect for life. Okay, you can't give life, but you can take it away and you shouldn't take people's life. You shall not murder. That's the sixth. The seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. This is about protecting the institution of marriage, which God created back in the Garden of Eden. Mm. But we, God is, is wanting to preserve that relationship of marriage. Mm. The eighth commandment is you shall not steal. Very short, very simple. Mm -hmm. But this is about respecting other people's property. If it doesn't belong to you, leave it alone. Mm. Um, And so uh, these are very simple principles, but they're profound. Mm. The ninth commandment says you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This is essentially don't lie. Yeah. What do you think about White lies. <laughs> you know, some people say well, these are white lies. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, 
who determines whether they're white or black? Um, we do. Yeah, you know, the person who is you know, saying this. God, I think it's it's when you're deliberately trying to deceive somebody. Mm. I think this is what God is talking about. Okay. Yeah. You know, my wife might say, "Do I look good in this dress?" And I will always say yes. Uh, you know, so it's not wise to say anything else. So. Um, um, and so, you know, I think that uh, it's really about are you trying to deceive somebody? Are you yeah. honest in your dealings with people? That's really what that is about. Okay. And the Tenth Commandment mm. is perhaps one of the most interesting. It says you shall not covet. Mm. And that I used is to wonder. very easy to do. Well, I used to think mm. what on earth does that mean? Because I didn't know what the word meant, mm. um, you know, because it's a very religious kind of word and it, it's not a word I would use typically mm. out in the world and, I wonder what that meant. And to covet really means to want something that doesn't belong to you. So mm. I'll read out the commandment. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Mm. And so it's basically saying, do not crave Mm-hmm. something that belongs to somebody else because mm-hmm. number one you'll be discontent because mm-hmm. you don't have it mm-hmm. and then you might go about trying to get it mm-hmm. whether it's your neighbor's wife or his house or his car or whatever it may be mm-hmm. there's a when we desire things that we don't have mm-hmm. It takes the focus away from being content with the things that we do have Mm. and being grateful for the things that God has given us. So covetousness can be an unhealthy thing, Mm. and uh, God knows that. The other thing that's interesting about the Tenth Commandment Mm. is it's in the mind. Mm. You know, if... uh, if I physically steal something or I murder somebody, you know, you know that's out, you, you know it's wrong, but it's out there in the open mm. and uh, it's a physical act on the outside. But if I covet, oh, that's yeah. inside. I will not know if. if yeah, you, you don't know if I'm coveting to, exactly. You're if you not look knowing. at my phone and you think that's it. You won't know, <laughs> and won't so know. I think that that's interesting because if you think of the Ten Commandments, God is saying. This is how I want you to live. Mm. This is how I don't want you to live. And what's more, I don't even want you to think about it. Mm. In other words, God wants us to embrace these principles so much Mm. that we're not even going to want to steal. Mm. It's not just about I'm not going to steal. It's about I don't even want to. Mm. I think there's a Bible verse that talks about whatever you think um, you commit, something Mm -hmm. of this sort, whatever your mind thinks... um, as so a man thinks in his heart, so yes. he is. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, we are going to go to a second break, and uh, I just want to remind our listeners of our studio number, which is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Save that on your phone as Tazian counters, and um, text us in with any questions, comments, or feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, this next song is called "Written Down in Stone," and it's been sung by various artists. Just and the law is right, and it's written by God in stone. The law is love, and the law is life, and it's written by God in stone. I will follow his commandments, I'll abide in. 
down in stone by various artists and you're listening to Tazi Encounters and today we have Peter Watts in the studio. Before we went for a break, uh, Peter gave us the Ten Commandments, um, listed all the Ten Commandments and explained what they mean. 
to us. Um, where, what else do you have for us, Peter? Mm. So, well, essentially, as we mentioned before, um, the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God. The, the next six deal with our relationship with other human beings. And they're all really about protecting those relationships that are most important. Our relationship to God, our relationship to our parents, our relationship to other people, our spouse, and so forth. So that's really the purpose of them. And the Bible tells us that they were written on tablets of stone. They were written by the finger of God. They were spoken out loud by God in the presence of his people. And in Deuteronomy 10, verse 5, it says that the tablets were put into a box that was covered with gold. It was known as the Ark of the Covenant. You know, many of our listeners have probably watched the the, the movie Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, mm. uh, of course, they go in search of this golden box that contained the Ten Commandments, a fictional, fictitious story, of course. Um, but people want to know, did the Ten Commandments exist before Mount Sinai? Did, did God's commandments exist before he wrote them on the tablets of stone and handed them to Moses mm. about three and a half thousand years ago? And um, Let's find out. We have some hints <laughs> there. So maybe we could read Genesis 26.5. Okay, it reads, um, Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Yeah, okay. So here we have a reference in Genesis 26, talks about Abraham, and it says he obeyed God's voice, his charge, his commandments, uh, and his laws. So here it appears that Abraham was a commandment keeper. Mm. Okay, that that's what the indication is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's we have another passage uh, where we find uh, something about Joseph. Maybe you remember that Joseph mm. got sold by his brothers into Egypt, mm. and uh, then he was tempted mm-hmm. by Potiphar's wife. He ended up working as a servant in Potiphar's household mm-hmm. and Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with Joseph. And then um, notice what he says here in Genesis 39 verse 9. Mm. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Yeah, that's interesting that here's, here's Joseph. He's a slave in Egypt. Mm. He's working for Potiphar. Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him, and he tells her, it's interesting, he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Mm. Now, it would certainly have been a sin against Potiphar, but uppermost in Joseph's mind Mm. was his obedience to God. He did not feel that he was uh, free from obedience to God. So we see that uh, the law of adultery Mm. was clearly in place at the time of Joseph. He understood that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, we see that the principles of the Ten Commandments in place even before Mount Sinai. Uh, in Exodus sixteen twenty eight, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Clearly God expected them to keep his law even before he had handed it to Moses in on tablets of stone. In a way, mm. the, the Ten Commandments written on stone were a reminder of God's law that they already um, knew about. Uh, prior to that. So God's commandments were in place uh, before that. Hmm. You know, some people we mentioned before, people will say, how can we possibly keep Mm. God's law? Mm -hmm. And again, I think in our own strength that we can't. We're selfish beings. We're prone to Mm. um, going our own way Mm -hmm. and rebelling. 
But I think once we come to Christ and we receive his grace and we understand Mm -hmm. the great cost of salvation that Jesus died for us, then we respond to that by saying, I want to do his will. I Mm. want to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, Philippians 4.13. It reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, I think that's a very key verse. It says, I can do how many things? All. All things. All the commandments. I can obey them. I can do all things through Christ Mm. who strengthens me. And that's the point. It's through Christ who strengthens us in order to do this. Mm. And, uh, you know, here's the thing is what is the motivation for obeying God? We, we're we certainly not doing it to be saved because mm. we're saved through the blood of Jesus. We're saved through that sacrifice. But God wants us to obey for mm. a number of reasons, I think. Number one, it's good for uh, the people we have to live with, mm-hmm. right? It's much better for my neighbor if I'm... You know, if we were to ask people down the shopping mall mm-hmm. and say, just do a survey and say, uh, do you think it would be good for people to keep the Ten Commandments or for people to break them? I think most people would say it would be better for them to keep them. Mm. I think if you said to somebody, would you like your next door neighbor to be a, a commandment breaker or a commandment keeper? I think we'd all like our, our next door neighbor to be a commandment keeper, right? Because 100%. then you know you're safe. Yes. And mm. so... You know, I don't think it's that difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Psalm 40, verse 8, David, King mm-hmm. David writes, he says, I delight to do your will, O my God, mm-hmm. and your law is within my heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can uh, sort of understand that. And really, the law is simply a transcript of God's character. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, it tells us something about what God is like. Mm-hmm. If you think about the nations of the world, you go to any country, and they have laws. And mm. the laws of that country tell you something about the values of that country. Mm. And the laws of God tell us something about the character of God. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting if you look down a list of verses um, that describe what God is like. Mm. Um, and there are many of them. So Luke eighteen nineteen, for instance, says God is good. Mm-hmm. But then you look at some other verses, they say that the law is the same thing. So mm-hmm. Romans 7.12 says the law is good. Mm-hmm. So you've got the scriptures that say that God is good, holy, just, perfect. He's love, mm-hmm. he's righteous, truth, pure, spiritual, unchangeable and eternal. Mm-hmm. And then there are verses in the Bible that says that the law is all of those things as well. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that it uses the same descriptors to describe God and his law. I think mm. you've got a verse there, um, Tabitha. Yes, Deuteronomy. Mm. Go, go ahead. Five twenty-nine. Yes, um, it reads, "Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever." So notice what it says here. It says uh, that they would always keep how many of the commandments? All, all of them. All so always, yeah. all the commandments mm. forever. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that those are very specific terms. You know, everybody keeps some of God's commandments some of the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, even the worst of criminals have kept some of the commandments at some of the time. And so um, what God is calling for us is to keep his commandments because he knows it's better for those we have to live with. It's better for us. It's better for our relationship with God and it's better mm. for the wider community. Mm. And so um, it's, you know, like I said, every cu- culture, every nation 
has laws mm. and uh, a, a country couldn't function without them. Mm. Even in the old days, there used to be elders um, who would be in charge of um, the people. And if there was any conflict, the elders will come and um, sort of try to solve that. But then there used to be laws which were not like um, written down. They were not like formally, you know, um, addressed, but people were aware of what was right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a question here. What is the purpose of the law? And we've sort of touched on it a little bit. But um, in Romans 3.20, it says, Mm -hmm. by the law is the knowledge of sin. And sometimes people get a little confused here. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like we have a law against um, smoking marijuana. Mm -hmm. Okay. And some people say, well, a lot of people don't take any notice of that law. So maybe we should just get rid of the law. Mm -hmm. The law doesn't stop you from doing anything. There's a law against stealing in Australia. It doesn't stop people stealing. No. What the law does, it tells you that stealing is wrong. Mm. And there's consequence for that. Yeah. Mm. So so the law doesn't, te- doesn't stop you from doing anything, but the law tells us what is right from wrong, and that's why we need the law. Okay. Oh, well, we are about to go for a break. And uh, just before we go for a break, I want to give uh, to mention of the offer, of the book offer for today. It's called Ten Commandments, Twice Removed. And this book has been written by Danny Shelton and Shelley Quinn. And this book answers critical questions with compelling clarity and Bible evidence. Um, did the Ten Commandments exist before Mount Sinai? Were they nailed to the cross? How do we demystify Paul's writings about the law? Does man have authority to change God's law? Uh, to find out about all those questions and more, uh, we'll give you a code that you can text to get this book sent to you. We're going to listen to this song called Love the Lord by Jack- Jacqueline Jewell featuring Neville Peter.
If you love me, keep my ways. And that is Love the Lord by Jacqueline Dewell featuring Neville Peter. You're listening to Taz Encounters with Peter Watts. And uh, before we went for a break, I promised to give you a code to today's offer, which is the book Ten Commandments Twice Removed. And the code is SARCH15, SARCH number 15, S-E-A-R-C-H, number 15, no space in between. Text that to 0488-880-891, 0488-880-891. And um, we've been talking about the law, Peter. Um, what more do you have to say about the law? Okay, so I think... Um when we think of the law and we think about its purpose, and we've talked a little bit about that before, it helps us to know what's right and wrong. And really, you can think of it like a boundary. You know, if you have your children playing in the backyard, usually you would want a fence put around uh, the backyard to ensure that the children are safe. In fact, you know, if you've got a pool, they have to put a fence around the pool mm. uh, legally so that children are protected mm. from the hazards. Mm-hmm. And in a way, the law is like a boundary. Uh, you know, you could think of uh, even when you're driving down the freeway, mm-hmm. you've got barriers there so that if you, you know, start to fall asleep and you drift and you're going to bounce off that barrier, you're not going to run into the oncoming traffic. Yeah. Um, so those boundaries, those barriers are there for your protection. They're there for your safety. Mm. And uh, the law of God is very similar to that in the sense that God places boundaries. Sometimes people say, well, I want unlimited freedom. Mm. Um we don't give that to our children. We don't give our. We don't no. just leave our children to go run in the road. No. We we want to protect them, and so this is what God is saying: that uh, there are boundaries, there are, uh, um, yeah, a, a safe place for us to live, and that's that's what He has. Hmm. Of course, some some people will say, um, but aren't we under grace? You know, does God? How how is it that we should obey the law? I, I, we're not under law; we're under grace. Hmm. And it's interesting to to know what the Bible says about that itself because it actually asks that question and addresses it mm. in Romans six fourteen to 16. It reads, um, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. What then shall we sin because... What then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Yeah, okay. So Paul is actually addressing that very question that people ask. Mm. Hey, aren't we under, you know, grace? We're not under law. We're under grace. And he's saying, does that mean that we sin then because we're under grace? And he says, certainly not. Hmm. Um, and he, he sort of has that uh, description there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're either going to serve one or two masters. Mm-hmm. We're either going to serve the Lord mm-hmm. and obey him or mm-hmm. we're going to rebel and follow the devil. And uh, be slaves of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we, we have to decide who we want to serve. Mm. Now, it's true. We know that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've talked about that before. And we need God's grace. Mm-hmm. And we're not saved by obeying the law. But we obey because that's what God wants of us. Mm. And we because we recognize, as we get older, we do recognize that obedience uh, is a blessing. We, our lives mm. are better. Uh, because we we obey, mm. um, 
and so uh, we have that and then other people might say mm-hmm. well what about the new covenant i thought we were under the new covenant and i want you to notice what the bible says about the new covenant in hebrews 8 8 to 10 mm-hmm. because finding fault with them he says behold the days are coming says the lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them by the hand to lead, to lead, um, to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Mm, okay, so here he's got, he, God is saying, this is the new covenant, mm. and he's saying, I'm going to mm. put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Mm. So this is interesting because the, the previous covenant was on tablets of stone. Mm-hmm. God had written his law with his own finger on tablets of stone, mm. you know, and this is really at the heart of the matter where mm-hmm. God is not wanting us to put the Ten Commandments on our wall. I mean, you can mm. if you want to, but he really wants them in our hearts. He really wants them in our minds. He wants us to understand mm. that the way to live mm-hmm. is is a way that cares for other people, mm-hmm. and that's really what the Ten Commandments are all about. Yeah. There is a verse I'm just going to note here and mention to our listeners, and that is 1 Corinthians 7.19. Mm-hmm. Because in 1 Corinthians 7.19, Paul makes a distinction between what we would call the ceremonial law mm-hmm. and the moral law or the Ten Commandments. Mm. Because obviously there were many laws that had to do with sacrifices and blood, blood sacrifices and ceremonial laws. Mm that Jesus fulfilled in his ministry that we don't need to keep. Mm. So, you know, if you've ever been to church, I've never been to a church where they sacrificed a lamb, Mm. okay? Um, But they would sacrifice a lamb every day back in the time of uh, Moses and Mm. and in the time of the temple. Mm. So but uh, Paul writes here in 1 Corinthians 7, 19, he says, Circumcision is nothing. Mm. And uncircumcision is nothing, but Mm -hmm. keeping the commandments of God is what matters. So he makes a distinction between Mm -hmm. the ceremonial law Mm -hmm. and the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to finish with this one verse Mm -hmm. that really talks about the motivation. John John 14, 15, it says, If Mm -hmm. you love me, keep my commandments. These are Jesus' words. He says, if you love me, Mm. keep my commandments. And that's the motivation. Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. And, um, you know, what I can say is that once you understand why you're obeying the commandment, then it does not feel like a burden. But if you don't actually have, like, the... Um, the understanding of why you're doing what you're doing or what you're supposed to be doing, then you feel like it's a burden. You feel like it's hard. Mm -hmm. And once we understand that we are obeying God's commandments because he's our creator, he created us and he loves us. And also once we understand that we need God's Christ's help to do that, um, to obey God's commandments, then we'll constantly keep seeking that um, in order to stay on track with what God wants us to do. Um, thank you, Peter, for that beautiful message. And I really hope our listeners have been blessed by that message. And I just want to remind our listeners of today's code um, to get the offer of the book, Ten Commandments, Twice Removed. Uh, and the, this has been written by Danny Shelton and Shirley Quinn. Um, the code is Surge15. 
um, text that search number 15, no space in between to 488 Um So, Peter, did you want to quickly mention what you'll be doing this weekend? Yes, so this weekend we have uh, the, the series, Is God for Real? Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at evidence for the existence of God evidence for the reliability of scripture mm. and uh, we will be at Bellarive Oval mm. 7pm in the Century Room mm. 7pm this Friday evening we look forward to seeing you then is God for real Mm-mm. you sure don't want to miss that it will be very in- inter- interesting and you're going to learn so much more and understand some of the things that are happening already um, in the world we're living in and what do you have for us next week Peter Okay, so next week we're going to actually focus on one of the Ten Commandments that we looked at today, Mm. and it's the Fourth Commandment, and the program is called The Rest of Mm. the Story. The Rest of the Story. Uh, You do really want to find out what the story is and the rest of it. Uh, yes, so join us next week to hear and learn more about that. And tomorrow we have David Maxwell continuing with this series, Amazing Love. And um, David will be talking about ripening, cro- ripening the crop. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. And we are going out with this song, Stand Up by Blair and Emma Lemke. <laughs> Hitting the floor They were following God Instead of following men Bringing glory to God Was their number one plan And they said Even if we have to Face the flames We will serve our God And stand today Stand up Stand up No matter the feeling Stand up Stand up, stand up, and live for the Lord Daniel and his friends ate vegetables And everyone else was eating junk food And after ten days they looked oh so fine Obeying God's law will make you shine They said we purposed in our hearts to only the food that God has said to eat. Stand up, stand up, no matter the feeling. Stand up, stand up, no matter the fall. Stand up, stand up, when everyone's sitting. Stand up, stand up, and live for the Like Daniel Rackshack and Benny too Who will stand for the right Though the heavens fall Following God's word And giving their all And we say Even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God And stand to